Well, hello, City Church. Before we get into the second episode of our mini-series, Understanding Emotions, I wanted to let you know that all the resources Whitney has referenced or will reference will be linked in the episode descriptions and in the City Church app. Listen, understanding emotions is such a vital practice in the way of Jesus, and we hope that you find these resources encouraging and helpful. Now, here's Whitney Nato with Understanding Emotions, Part 2. Hello, City Church. My name is Whitney, and this is City Church Together for Wednesday, October 28th. Today, we're going to engage with the emotion anger. Yesterday, I did a general overview of emotions, but the main aim of this podcast is I wanted to help the people of City Church understand specific emotions. Uh, Now, I do have to say that we do not experience emotions in a vacuum. So just because you're struggling with anger doesn't mean that you're not also struggling with anxiety or grief. And so as I talk about these emotions today and tomorrow in singular ways, also understand that the idea of untangling your emotions is just that, being able to understand that you're feeling multiple emotions at any given time. Um, So today we're going to engage with anger, which has the potential to be a very dangerous emotion if it's not thought about and understood rightly. For the sake of a common framework, we will be defining anger as a whole person response arising from a negative moral judgment against perceived evil. In simple terms, anger is one, an activity. It's not just a feeling like I feel angry. Oftentimes anger is is a feeling, your whole body experiences it, and then you react to it. So it's something you do, not just something you have. It's also a response to something or someone that provokes you. And that is a big point. No one causes you to be angry. It is something that is provoked, tempted in you, but it cannot be caused um, like someone comes over to you, pushes you, and you fall down. That's a cause and effect. Anger is something that is provoked inside of you because of a moral judgment that we make. We look at something and our anger says, this is wrong. It's arising from our personal perception of evil. Sometimes that perception is accurate. And then sometimes that perception is not accurate. And that is what our time today is going to be spent determining is what is righteous anger versus unrighteous anger. And how do we untangle the two? Trevor mentioned in his sermon to consider what you are mad about. Maybe that is an emotion you do not reflect on often or experience regularly. I know that before I was a teacher, a wife, and a mom, I thought that anger was something other, something that I had complete control over. But really, I had just never been pressed in. Everything always went the way I wanted it. I have discovered over the last 10 years that I very much seek justice. I am constantly scanning Um, my surroundings for for moral judgments, what is right or wrong against other people, and then what is right or wrong against me. Um, And so sometimes I'm having to determine if if it is connected to God's kingdom or my own. So if you think of yourself as someone who does not struggle with anger, I would ask that you still listen to this podcast. God has put in you a desire for justice because he is a just God. So eventually you will know what it feels like to be angry, either righteously or not, either for his kingdom or your own. If you also think of yourself as someone who is only angry because of your circumstances or the people around you, I would ask that you continue listening as well. Scripture is clear that what comes out of you was already in you. If you see anger as a response 
only connected to work, your spouse, your kids, your church, recent politics, drivers, it is still saying something about you, even if you think it's saying something about other people. Also, as a rule in counseling, angry people almost never know they are angry because they have created such a kingdom that perceived injustices to themselves seem like injustices towards God's kingdom. So all in all, I would encourage everyone to engage with the topic topic of anger so as not to be self-deceived. Like I spoke on yesterday, your emotions are a window into your soul, your treasures, your loves. So let's consider both the righteous and good side of anger as well as the destructive side. Anger is righteous when one, it reacts against actual sin, right moral judgment. Two, focuses on God and his kingdom, rights and concerns, not just on you and your kingdom. And three, is accompanied by other godly qualities and expresses itself in godly ways. So one, you're gonna have to know what sin is. (laughs) What is a sin against God? What is a sin against someone else? Two, you're going to have to know what is God's kingdom about. And that is where scripture comes in. That's where other counsel comes in. And then three, you're going to have to know God well enough to know what his godly character traits are. So even as you're trying to discern whether your anger is righteous or not, there is a process ahead where you have to understand who God is and what his kingdom is about for you to even start the process of um, t- uh, detangling, <laughs> detangling, um, your kingdom and his in scripture. It says the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. What we see in scripture is that anger, like all emotions flow from love, which is why I can say one, that an abuser is wrong when he or she says that violence, anger is a result of how much he or she loves the person. Anger flows out of love in the sense that it loves someone or something so much that it's angry at the injustice or pain that the recipient of that love is enduring. If an abuser really loved the spouse, then then the abuse, if an abuser really loved the spouse, then the abuser would be angry at him or herself for enacting injustice and pain on another person. It would not be the driving force of the abuse. To love deeply is to be deeply angry when your loved ones are victims of injustice. And that's something to sit back and reflect on. How is your anger connected to love? Trevor spoke about how attachment is supposed to envelop other people into relationship with you. Anger, Anger does look at how something is unjust, how something is breaking apart. But the aim of that is flowing out of love to bring someone back into right relationship. It's not to separate. It's not to punish. It's not to condemn or push down. Anger looks at injustice, looks at something breaking down and says, that is not right. And I want you back in right relationship with God and with me. So anger at its best communicates protective love for what God loves because it delights deeply in the relationships, people, structures of justice, beauties, and material blessings that God has given. Anger targets anything that would divide us from God or one another and anything that would destroy what is right, lovely, and fruitful. Anger at its worst conveys self-interest and issues ultimatums. You either obey my law, my will, or you're going to suffer my wrath. Sinful anger still seizes the moral high ground, but it's a high ground manufactured by my own sovereign preferences. Um, The way you can think about this is that anger is, is an emotion that is good. 
Anger, God designed us, like I said yesterday, to have emotions that reflect what is going on. So we should see, we should feel angry when we see injustice or when we see brokenness. The problem is, is that sin corrupts all things that God created to be good. So you have to decide if you're using what God created, the emotions, for your benefit or for others, for your kingdom or for God. So it is important to understand the healthy side of anger so that you'll first even engage with it. I know a lot of people do not like to be considered angry people because they think, well, I'm not throwing stuff. I'm not yelling all the time. I'm not cussing. But the problem is, is that anger is something we all experience. We live in a broken world and there are things to feel sadness about and there's things to feel angry about that we want to be righted. And so it's an emotion that we do feel because it's a good emotion. And understanding the healthy side can also help you see and evaluate the unhealthy side. So that is the work we're about to do now. Trevor mentioned a few ways um, to first ask yourself, have you been mad this week? And then how to kind of evaluate from there. So I'm going to walk you through that with anger. One, you first have to identify the emotion you're feeling. Now, some emotions are similar. So what you hear me say might sound similar to anxiety, but the more that you go through it, you'll be able to identify the difference between anger or anxiety. But the first is to identify your emotion, and you can know that you're angry, one, by looking at your body. You'll have quickened breathing, flushed face, tense muscles. Sometimes you turn red. Um, long-term though, if you're angry, you also will have, uh, hypertension, digestive issues, high blood pressure. So a lot, um, or a, a good reason, if you want to hear from me about dealing with your anger is that long-term it's going to tear your body apart. Your body cannot carry anger. Um, we weren't designed to, and so we were designed to be dependent on God and to, to give our our emotions and our anger and our needs to him. And so you can't carry that anger too long. Um, you can also look at the words you're using. Are you harsh, critical? Um, are you throwing things? Um, you can also ask yourself this question. Is everyone around you a fool or a bad driver? If you are generally grouping people into everyone else is that, then you might struggle with anger. And it's something then to, to, to do the next couple of steps with. So first, identify your emotions. And once you've identified, okay, I think I'm angry, this is where you move into examining your anger. Um, real quick, before I move on actually to examine, sometimes anger isn't just outward. You have anger revealing behaviors and you also have anger concealing behaviors. I am very good at the anger concealing behaviors called bitterness. Um, I'm very uh, slow to act, but I've always been slow to act. But what I am not slow to do is consider my anger, which means that I generally turn it inward and I become bitter and I ruminate on it and I still get all the other symptoms. I tense up, I have tension headaches. And so just because you're not throwing or yelling or using harsh words, you might wanna turn some of this inward and say, what is my thought process like? Do I think these things even if I don't say them? Is my body feeling this? Um, so just because you don't have anger revealing behaviors doesn't mean you don't have anger concealing behaviors. And those two things have to be repented of as well. So the next step would be to examine your anger. What are you angry about? You can simply put it in a sentence. I am angry because um, what wrong am I perceiving? Like where, where do you see injustice either in your own life or someone else's? And then what is the outcome of your anger? Is your outcome helping to renew and restore another person? Or is the 
outworking of your anger, breaking apart and hurting relationships. And that's where you might notice anger concealing behaviors. If you're starting to withdraw, to separate, um, to cut toxic people out of your life, then it might be an anger concealing behavior that's not intended for restoration, but actually to break apart more relationships. Um, Examining your anger is seeking to determine what kind of judgment you are going to pass. Once you determine this, you can discern how valid your anger is. Is it for God's kingdom or is it for mine? So you identify your anger and then you're trying to evaluate what is making you angry and how does that align with with God's kingdom or yours? The next part is to um, evaluate your anger. Um, Where do you get frustrated, irritated, or annoyed? What are your go-to responses to feeling angry? Um... Are you upset about what God is upset about? I guarantee you God is not upset that your waiter took too long to serve your table, that your kids won't be quiet so you can watch the football game, or that your husband doesn't know how to change a tire. Most likely that is for your kingdom, not his. So how will you seek redemptive justice and avoid temptation to exact destructive vengeance? You are at the greatest danger when you think you are right. And Trevor talked about in the sermon on Sunday, When you think that you are right about someone's sin, that most likely means you have not removed the log from your own eye first. And so you should not be removing a speck from someone else's. All of these steps help you evaluate what log of anger is in your own eye so that you then can remove the speck in someone else's that brings them back into right relationship with you and with God. Be slow to evaluate something around you as wrong. In general, a good go-to for anger is be slow in general. It already says in scripture that God is slow to anger. I would follow that. Um, And that is where we get into how to act. Acting in response to anger means that you slow down to do all the steps above. Identify your anger, examine your anger, and evaluate it to understand if you need to confess it to God because it's purely self-interest or if you're confessing to God and asking him to move or asking him how to move. Um, I know that that has been a huge question even in, in our current climate now. We see injustice. We know that God wants us to act. But what does it look like to act in his righteousness versus our own? And there's still so much conversation about that. And that's why acting in response to anger takes takes commitment to God's word and prayer and takes commitment to counsel with other people because all of us are trying to determine how to, to alongside God enact his righteous judgment or justice. Um, he's the only one that's judging. Um, so once you take your heart to the Lord and wise counsel, once you've removed the log from your own eye and sorted through your perceived wrongs and wrongs against God's, then you can act. And so there is a level of repentance because it's going to be tangled up with even the areas that you have to wait on God to. To finish up on anger, I do want to say that a great antidote to any type of anger, if you're starting to notice, wow, I experience anger more frequently than I realized, is humility. If you choose to count other people more important than you, then you will desire for them to be back in relationship with you, and that will generally soften the blow of anger. When you speak to someone in humility, you still are talking about perceived wrongs, but you say, it seems to me that, or it concerns me that, rather than you always, he always, she always. So humility, thinking of other people as more important, just like Jesus did when he died on a cross for our sins, where he took the anger and wrath of God for us, means that you are choosing to 
to speak to someone in a way that addresses the perceived injustice or wrong in order to bring them back into a relationship with God, just like Christ did. Um, If you are interested in learning more about anger, which I think it really is an important topic, I think in so many ways we all experience all the myriad of emotions at different times. And so just because maybe you're a college student right now and there's less things pressing in or less people that have demands of you like a spouse or kids or employee, employer, um, I would consider reading two books. One is named Uprooting Anger by Robert Jones. He also wrote a mini devotional that's a good starting point called Anger, Calming Your Heart. And both of those books by Robert Jones are really good resources just to understand righteous anger, unrighteous anger, and to continue to go a little bit deeper um, into how to uproot, like the title says, any anger that is is a log in your eye. Um, I know that was a lot of information at one time, so I'm going to pray for you just as you um, consider ways in which you've been seeking after your own kingdom, ways that you've been separating people because of your anger rather than bringing them back in. Um, and if you, of course, ever have any questions or want to seek counsel in this area, um, you can email me at wnato at borrowcitychurch.com. God, thank you so much for the way that you've designed us to have emotions, that you have designed our emotions to speak about the world in a right way, to see injustice and brokenness and to grieve it and to want change and to want you to move. Um, God, I just ask for the people of this church that we're able to sit back, slow down, examine and evaluate what makes us angry, to be able to separate God, um, the ways in which um, our anger is intended to make us more comfortable um, or to make us right, and the ways in which our anger really is speaking about the world that you are remaking and restoring, the ways in which you grieve how our sin hurts other people. Um, God, so I just ask that you be with the people of this church as they're considering this, that they talk with people in their community group about areas that they see in their own lives where they might have anger concealing behaviors or anger revealing behaviors. Um, God, I just ask that you give the people of our church humility to consider that that the anger is inside of them that's not being caused by the people around them. Um, God, it does, it is influenced, um, God, but it is not caused. Um, I'm so grateful that we can come to you and ask for your forgiveness, God, that we can ask for you to make us like you because your son took on the wrath that we deserved. Um, God, so I just ask that people today seek repentance and faith in you. Ask it in your son's name. Amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.